It's time for Bring Your Own Lunch, a podcast for your whole face, with your host, Dave T. Koenig. All right, come on in, sit down, welcome. This is the Bring Your Own Lunch podcast at bringyourownlunch.com, the magic of iTunes and the majesty of Stitcher. As you heard, my name is Dave T. Koenig. I'm an actor, writer, director, producer, comedian, all-around swell dude, and the host of this podcast you're listening to right now. Bring your own lunch. Hope you're enjoying the series so far. I know I am having a blast. Got some really good feedback, and I've been stockpiling a bunch of guests that I think you're really going to love listening to, including our guest this week, who is just a rock star in the world of acting, Ato Isando. And I know he's a friend of mine, but I think I'm uh, uh, not even being biased when I say he is on the verge of superstardom. He has uh, worked with everybody you can think of, from uh, Martin Scorsese to Quentin Tarantino and Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, the, the, so many names that he has worked with that uh, it's exciting just to talk to him. Uh, and when I did talk to him, we had so much to cover. We had a great time talking about the mindset of the actor uh, and his experiences, how he got started, um, his background, and, and where he's going, and the exciting things he's up to now that we didn't even really get a chance to touch on his TV work. He's done so much in film that uh, we didn't even get around to talking about his TV work. Uh, he's uh, recurring on uh, uh, Elementary on CBS, uh, and he was a series regular on a really good series called Copper on BBC America. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but it was terrific. Uh, it was a period series uh, about the old, old, old New York based on an original BBC series. And he was uh, a major player in that. And it's one of my favorite shows that I've seen in the last few years. Uh, really, really well done. And I can highly recommend it to you. It's on Netflix, both seasons that they made. Um, just terrific acting, uh, great directing, uh, excellent production work. And uh, Otto is in it, and he's really, really, really good. Um Coincidentally, I think if you listened last week, you might know that uh, Kathy Searle was my guest and just happened to be that that week she had a film coming out. Similarly, this week, um, although slightly different, Ato is the guest this week. And uh, just so happens this is his uh, I'm recording this on, on his birthday. And uh, so I can say happy birthday and, and welcome to the show, Ato. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, bringing this interview to you. Uh, as I mentioned, he worked with Quentin Tarantino on Django Unchained, and uh, he was really good in it. And and uh, I won't spoil some of it for you, but we get into a really interesting uh, aspect of of his uh, of his role, and uh, you'll you'll hear uh, what I'm talking about soon enough. But him working with Quentin Tarantino is something that I've really wanted to do for a long time. Uh, and I still hope to do it. I, I, I think there's maybe still a chance. Uh, hopefully Quentin Tarantino will be making movies for many, many years. And then somewhere in there, I'll have a chance to sneak in. Uh, but it's funny that Quentin Tarantino was also kind of a uh, an influential figure in my career uh, without even really having a direct connection to him. When I first started, um, back in 2003, I was cast in a film called Filmic Achievement. Uh, it was directed by a guy named Kevin Kerwin, who came out of the Columbia Grad School um, program and uh, is now a very successful director in Cleveland. Um, but he created this film, a mockumentary about film school students. And I was playing uh, one of the uh, main students in it, a guy named Mike Pack. And Mike Pack's big thing is that he was obsessed with Quentin Tarantino. Uh, it was a really fun role to play. Uh, I, I was able to use some of my own um, uh, fanboy aspects that I have about Quentin Tarantino. So uh, even though I played it very differently for myself, I definitely really brought that um, idea that I was a fan of Quentin Tarantino to it. Um, and it, that, that experience was really, really, really intense in a very, very good way. The film was plotted out by Kevin, and he told us basically what he wanted each scene to be, but we improvised all of the dialogue, uh, and I loved that challenge. I was always a big fan of Christopher Guest and, and films like Spinal Tap and uh, uh, Best in Show and, and Waiting for Guffman, and at that point, uh, The Office wasn't yet on the air, and uh, Modern Family hadn't been on the air yet, so it was still kind of a new challenge to be able to do improv on that level. And we would do it hardcore. Um, the scenes were set up for us, and we would just play them out completely organically while the 
cameras would just capture whatever they could at any given moment. So we would do really long takes. Um, we as students were taking classes from a, a number of different teachers, and sometimes they would let the camera roll for 45 minutes, and they would just capture all of it using two cameras. So at all times, we were on. We were in character. We were um, we, we were challenged to uh, continue that no matter what was going on because you never knew when the camera was going to you. So we spent hours in character. Uh, and in fact, at some point, I wasn't sure if people thought I was really as stupid as I was playing. Like, they didn't know if Dave was that stupid uh, because we, we just stayed in character the whole time. It wasn't even like a... Uh, a Daniel Day-Lewis thing where, where we chose to be in character the entire time. It's like you were in character for the, pretty much the entire time you were there. Um, so, so that was a big part of the challenge and, and, and a lot of the fun of it. Now, one of the teachers that taught these classes, quote-unquote, uh, was the owner of the school, the character. Uh, his name was Buck Felty, which I thought was a brilliant name. And he owned what was called UNY Film School. And that's the cl- place where we all went to learn how to make films. And Buck Felty was played by uh, a friend of mine named Matt Lawler, uh, who I got to know because of that project, but we've stayed friends. And in fact, I'm trying to get him to uh, sit and uh, be on this show and find out more about him and and, and introduce you to him uh, if you don't already know him. And uh, he played Buck Felty with so many awesome little funny quirks that were just hysterical. Uh, you kind of one of those things where it's better if you see the film and I'm hoping someday that that film will be picked up and and distributed again because it had its original uh, festival run, which was great. We went to Cleveland and Boston, places like that. Um, but uh, for various different reasons, the film never got distribution and it's sort of been sitting on a shelf for a long time. And by the way, if you're a producer out there and uh, you have a little bit of money and you want to invest in something, Kevin shot like 45 hours of footage for Filmic Achievement that he winnowed down to uh, like an hour and a half. And uh, I believe that there's probably enough in that to create like an HBO type series. So if, if you're looking for something to invest in, go give Kevin Kerwin in Cleveland a call. And uh, let him know that you might want to say uh, take a look at some of the footage he has from that and let it be sort of a period piece about the early 2000s of filmmaking, which is very different from what it is today. But I digress. Now, Matt, or Buck Felty, who had this habit in scenes where we were just rolling, so you just went with it. Uh, Buck would ask uh, a student a question, and when the student was answering the question, Buck would absentmindedly undo his belt buckle, undo his pants, tuck his pants in, button up his pants, and rebuckle. And to me, it was hilarious. And when he would do it, it would kill me. But because we were on the whole time, because we were in character the whole time, because we were rolling the whole time, you couldn't break up if you, you had to try not to break up. So we had to do our best to hide our faces and not get caught on camera laughing, even though something was very, very funny about what somebody was doing. And one day we did a class that was held in a theater. Uh, it was actually a screening room at an, at an audio production house. Um, but Buck was in front of all the students. Uh, we were all in the seats and we were looking at Buck and two cameras were surrounding us the whole time. So uh, if we were in the room, we were on. And if you had to laugh, you hid your face. And just know that I have this thing that goes on when I find something very, very funny, very, very suddenly, and I laugh suddenly. There's a darn good chance that I may just pass out. And I'm not kidding. I'm not saying like rolling on the floor laughing. I'm saying I black out for a second. It's happened to me before. And when it happens, it's extremely confusing because suddenly reality doesn't exist. And I sort of feel like that kid in the YouTube video who went to the dentist and he's like, is this real life? Is this what it's going to be like forever? That's me. Just as confused and very, very, very unsure of things for a few moments. And then I then I capture myself and, I, and I'm okay. But those initial first few seconds are very, very, very scary. So here we are in this auditorium. Uh, Buck is asking a student a question. And of course, the student starts answering the question. And Matt slash Buck starts unbuckling his belt. And undoing his pants, and I think he went a little bit further this time. So, uh, you know, he went down to his boxers, then picked his pants back up. And, of course, I thought that was hilarious. But I knew I couldn't laugh openly, and I certainly couldn't let the camera see me laughing. So I lurched forward, 
and I buried my head in the headrest in front of me. When I did that, I don't know what happened. I cut off my air, cut off my circulation. Something happened to me, and I started to black out. And it probably was maybe half a second that I was actually blacked out, but it felt like an eternity. And when I came to, I had no idea what was going on. So my situation was this. I was in an auditorium that was kind of darkened. I was surrounded by cameras, and I had a grown man in front of me who had his pants down. And I don't know if I've ever been so scared in my life. Got a few people to thank, of course, before we get into our interview with Otto Isando. Uh, I want to thank Banuba, of course, providing the music at the beginning, middle, and end of this show. Banuba.net. Go check them out. Find out where they will be and download some of their music. Uh, they are terrific, and uh, I appreciate them and their uh, contribution to the show every week. Uh, last night, I'm actually recording this again on Tuesday, and that means last night we had our very first New York short film shootout. That's the film series that I'm co-producing with Vinnie Petrosini, and we had a great turnout for NYSFS, the New York short film shootout number one. Um, we had a great time. We showed, uh, five great films and we were, uh, able to award, uh, the audience favorite award to, um, a film called Double Trouble. Uh, that was directed by Alex Grabaskus, and it was uh, all in all a very good night. In fact, we're so encouraged by it. We're going to be doing New York Short Film Shootout number two, which will be uh, on August 25th. That's a Monday night at 8 p.m. 2014, in case you're listening back to this uh, two years from now. Uh, back at this theater, 120, 154 West 29th Street, and uh, you can find us all online and find out about how you can submit a film that you have to us. Uh, just go to uh, Facebook and look us up, New York Short Film Shootout. Uh, we're going to be getting a, a website together at some point, but uh, in the meantime, you can find us on Facebook. And uh, I want to say thank you to this theater, thistheater.com, for uh, contributing to this show in several ways, including uh, helping us out with the New York Short Film Shootout, which is, of course, something that I'm involved in as well. All right, let's get into it. Ato Isando, rising superstar, guy on the verge, and a heck of a guy. And a good friend, and uh, has an interesting story to tell. Enjoy. I did notice, by the way, you have uh, the joy of cooking. Oh yes. Are you? Yes. Are you? Uh, do you cook? I, you know, my mom taught me how to cook a little bit, and I started buying uh, cookbooks. I don't. I can't say that I know how to cook. I more. I more like to throw things that I think would taste good together, and then. Sort of figure it out from there. Don't they say that's the best way to, to cook anyway? Yeah. Yeah. What do you like to cook? Uh, mushrooms. I love mushrooms, man. Really? Yeah. I, you know, I have. Yeah. I love mushrooms. I'm yeah. allergic to them. Oh, you are? Oh, man. It's the worst. I love it. It's the absolute worst. Because yeah. mushrooms are great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. What, actually, what, go ahead. No, actually, it was funny because I was at the farmer's market where I pick up mushrooms. And there's this, uh, there's this woman who looked like an educated, regular woman. And so, like, I've been to the mushroom place a bunch of times. They know me. And uh, the woman was, like, looking at all the mushrooms. And she's like, how do I know which ones aren't the psychedelic ones? <laughs> and, the, you know, the woman is like, um, none of them are. <laughs> and she goes, well, how would I know? How do you know? <laughs> and we're all looking at her like, none of them are. Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, no, no, no. But like, I heard like some, if you know, the mushrooms are a little darker and like, we're like, all of a sudden it became like this whole botany. Like, look, look, there's a different species of mushroom. We're not allowed to sell. Actually. Yeah. Right. You, yeah. Know I mean? you know how, you know, this, they don't sell magic mushrooms here. Yeah. Cause we're in business. Yeah, that's right? what's happening. I'm not in jail. Yeah. But that's she was so, she was literally so thoroughly. And you know, when you're having that conversation and like, Everybody else around you is kind of like looking at you. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. Nobody wants to say, hey, you're an idiot. You know right. what I mean? What's wrong with you? It's like stretching the, yeah. uh, the boundaries of politeness <laughs> yeah, you're like, to the extreme. Yeah. But, oh, that, that, she's a but, good, it was a good thing she was in a good part of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, right, you know. she, got, she got pretty much a, an education lesson out of it instead of like a boot yeah. on the way out the door. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> um, so we're 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 yeah we're starting yeah, yeah, yeah a, a toe esanda mm. you know look, how how badly do you get your name mispronounced oh it's it's mispronounced all the time because you have to be Ghanaian it's ato but if you don't if you can't if you don't have a Ghanaian accent mm -hmm. you're not gonna say it right right you right. know what I mean so some people say ato some people say ato 
And I'm a, if you're Ghanaian and saying Otto, then you have a problem. Right. You know, so like I'll take it as long as it's not something just so egregious that like Alto, I can't do. Alto, no, yeah, no. Don't put an not. A-L in my name, but you know, otherwise I'm forgiving. And the, and the last night, what would be the Gandhian version of Gandhian. the last night? Gandhian. I'm sorry, you know, yeah, yeah. there you go. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it just proves my ignorance as far as <laughs> Gandhian. Ga- I never Ga- Ghanaian. No D. Oh, no, no, what about that? Yeah, Ghana. Ghana. I'm thinking of in. Mahatma. <laughs> <laughs> I see some no. people put an L in your name. Yes, I put yes, a D yes. in the last name of your your your, your origin <laughs> yeah. country. Nice. Yes. <laughs> so, Wrong continent. <laughs> so, Ghan- Ghanaian. It is, it is, it's the emphasis on the second Ghanaian. syllable. Yes, ah, yes, yes, yes. Very good. Okay, so as what would, assi- well, you say it. Esando. Uh, Esando. Esando. So yeah, it's, it's pretty much yeah, more straightforward. Pretty, yeah, yeah, this little story. Oh, all right, okay. Yeah. But and you and do you pref- do you have like a personal preference would it, whether it's emphasis on the first if your first name yeah. is a, a toe or I've I've heard people say it both ways for a long time now. I'm, I'm so I'm so open to both of it. Good like, for you. Yeah, man. yeah. Good for you, man. Because I mean, <laughs> yeah. the reason I'm very sensitive to it mm-hmm. because I have a last name that people look at yeah. and they're like, what the hell is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. people will immediately go Koenig. Yeah, And yeah. I will say, no, it's Koenig, but yeah. they, they just don't want to believe me. Well, actually, when I met you, I mm-hmm. remember the first thing I said because I've seen like, uh, and I always get it wrong. Uh, Matt Greenig, right? Yeah, yeah, Greenig. Greenig, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Every time I see the name, I can't like I can't make the pronunciation error. So when when I met you and I saw your last name, I said, "How do you say it?" And you said it, and I was like, "Isn't it like the guy who wrote, writes The Simpsons?" And you were like, "Yeah, it's the same." Kind Which of I thing. think probably was the, the the thing that made us uh, friends right off the bat right, because right, it was right. like that's a guy I always point to. Yeah, look, I, it's not just me. Yeah, it's like, exactly. It's Matt Groening and and Walter Koenig from yes. Star Trek. Yes, yes, exactly. And until exactly. I tell them that there's actual evidence of people out there who pronounce <laughs> O E as A, they don't believe me. Exactly. <laughs> so I, you, we share that sort yeah. of. Sort of bond. Yeah, now yeah. let's talk about Ghana. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You, you were born here. Here in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where? I was born in upstate, uh, Schenectady, New York. Schenectady. And yeah. how, how was that growing up? Uh, it was idyllic. Uh, we were the, uh, my brother likes to say we were the Ghanaian Cosby show kind of. You know? <laughs> I mean, it was just like, it was just a, we, we had a couple of um, cousins in the neighborhood, but we were basically the only Africans, pretty, pretty much the only black people. Um, in upstate New York, or at least that area. So, but it was bike riding and sort of back in the days where your parents just kicked you out of the house yeah, and told you yeah, to come back yeah. at dinner. You know what I mean? So, like, it was. Um, I had a lovely, lovely time. Down That's there. great yeah. to hear. You know, yeah. I mean, well, you know, and and your parents are the ones who were from Ghana. Ghana, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when did they come here? Uh, both of them came at around college age. They actually met here uh, in the oh, States. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, they both came here to go to college and sort of met through double dating with friends of theirs and got married, had a couple kids, and that was it. That's a pretty cool story, <laughs> yeah, considering, yeah, yeah. you know, you come from somewhere that is it is pretty far away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you come to you. What, what school was this? Uh, my my dad went to Cornell. My mom was going down to, uh, in D.C. So they weren't even at the same school. Yeah, yeah. They and they somehow yeah. somehow found each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so, yeah. but uh, how much uh, of their culture uh, was 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 brought to you growing up? Uh, a lot of it. I mean, my first language was Fonte before I could speak English. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then I lost it. As I went to school, it sort of got replaced. I can still understand it pretty well, but I can't really speak it well anymore. Huh. Sort of much to my own chagrin, but it's just, it's just what happened. Yeah. You know well, I mean, I'm, yeah. like, I'm sure your parents found it was probably, it's probably hard to find people to practice with. Yeah. yeah who yeah. aren't home. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Exactly. Um, and have you been to Ghana? Oh, yeah, yeah. My parents have moved back. And so oh, okay. I, I right. go back at least. I try to go back once a year if I can. Wow. Yeah. What, as somebody, and, and I'll admit, I, I, I've had a couple people I've known from Ghana, but yeah. I know very, very little about yeah. the culture. Yeah. Uh, what What are some of the kind of hallmarks of Ghan, Ghanaian? Ghanaian. Ghanaian yeah, yeah, culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is with that syllable. <laughs> uh, well, well, we are, uh, until recently, we were uh, the thorn in America side for the uh, the World Cup. We beat you in the last <laughs> Yes, yes, we, yeah, but uh, they beat you. They beat America in the last two World Cups, and then we just sort of got kind of knocked out or whatever. Right, right, right. Um, and they're um, they're the first nation to gain independence uh, in Africa from uh, basically colonization or Europe. 
Um, they're also known uh, for Kwame Nkrumah, who is one of the big leaders back in the day, who was um, actually like a, a pan-Africanist and who wanted mm. to like unite all of Africa. And he was like a powerful figure back then. What, what, can, would you say that was in a good way? Like, oh, in a good uh, way. In a very and good and way. not like a bad way, like no. somebody in Germany wanted to unite. No, 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 yeah, no, no. Okay, not yeah, yeah, no, not just, in that way. Just making sure. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes. So, so you had that idyllic childhood, which is mm. a pretty, uh, actually it's a, it's a really refreshing, cool story. Yeah, yeah. Um, that you obviously found a lot of acceptance yeah. where you where you live, which is mm-hmm. you know I, I, mm-hmm. I can't say much uh, more positive than that. Right, you know? right, right. Uh, and then you decided. Now, growing up, did you do any kind of acting? No, not no, at all. No, yeah. yeah. Wow. No, yeah. Okay. And then yeah. I, I personally have heard secondhand the story of what mm-hmm. got you in acting, but I wanted yeah. you to tell it because oh, it's one sure. of my favorite stories, yeah. period. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, well, I was going to, I actually went to Cornell as like my dad did and I was, um, I was studying chemical engineering and um, well, I'll tell the story from this perspective. Um, one day I'm, I'm home at my apartment where I share with my, a bunch of my roommates, one of which is my best friend still to this day. Hmm. Um, and I get a phone call. I'm the only one home. I pick up the phone and it's this woman from the Chinese Student Association and she's calling for Marcus, my best friend. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's like, yeah, we're doing a play and, uh, we saw Marcus in this fashion show. Marcus is also a tall black guy like me. Okay. Uh, we doing this fashion show. We wanted to know if he was going to do a play, wanted to do a play randomly. Wow. And I was like, oh, sure, I'll give him the message. But, you know, he's my best friend. I, I know he pretty much probably would turn it down. You <laughs> what know, was he, his deal? What he was, was a mechanical engineer. You know? He was a mechanical engineer yeah, slash yeah. model. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> basically, essentially. That old cliche. Yeah, that old thing. You yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, I said, I'll give him the message. And, uh, you know, um, and, and they kind of, I think somebody dropped out. So they kind of needed somebody to, you know, pop in mm-hmm. as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. And so I said, yeah, I'll give the message. And she, she's like, oh, okay, well, is this Ato? Because I was also in the fashion show that oh, you were referring okay. to, right? And so I was like, yeah. And she goes, would you be interested? And I remember just freezing, like becoming completely sort of like <laughs> tongue-tied. And I was like, well, uh, 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 me? Uh, and, and she's like, are you okay? And I was like, uh, um, hey, can I call you back? Wow. And she's like, yeah, um, call me. I was like, I promise I'll call you back literally in two minutes. Do not move your phone, right? Do not uh, go away from your phone. And so I hang up on her and I pick up the phone. I call my girlfriend at the time, who was also a chemical engineer. And I'm like, hey, babe, what's up? Uh, this <laughs> random woman called and she wants me to do a play. And as soon as I said that, like act in a play, as soon as I said that, she starts laughing uncontrollably. And I'm like, yeah, that's just a dumb idea. This is stupid. It's, yeah, we've got chem lab and blah, 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 blah. She's like, no, no, no. You're going to do it. Oh, good. No, all right. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, you're going to be in this play. And she's laughing. You are going to do it. And then she like hung up on me. And like from that point, I was like, yeah, okay. And so I ended up doing the play and having the time of my life and, um, I, I mean, I, I was so green of an actor that I didn't know what blocking meant. I didn't right, know, right, right. like, you know, I didn't know anything that the um, woman who was my scene partner in all the scenes was, uh, I think she was an acting minor. So she was helping me like cheat out. Sure, the sure. Audience. She was like yeah. telling me all these things. But um, and, and the play also was sort of set up really well. I mean, for somebody who wants to try acting because. You know, um, it's again, it's a Chinese student association, so it's all Asian people on stage, and then I'm the only black person. Right? Oh, okay, yeah. And the the setup was it was like sort of a what was some, what was the play? Uh, I, it was more like uh, Asians' experiences in Cornell up at Ithaca or something. So it's like not that. like a it was like not like a traditional play. No, 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 no. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a sort of modern day thing. And I guess their 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 thing with my character was I was supposed to go on a blind date with uh one of the chinese women right so they set it up as uh lights up on this woman and she's talking on the phone and she's like oh hey you know i'm going on this blind date uh the guy's name is harrison i think he plays soccer blah 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 so i'll let you know how it goes so he's he he plays soccer his name is harrison you're not expecting a black guy to walk on stage so i knock on the door and she goes oh here he comes okay hangs up Come in. I walk on stage. And before I should tell you, 
like the entire audience, this is what maybe one night of a performance. Okay. The yeah. entire audience, ninety nine percent Asian. Yeah, which which, which you'd understand. You, you yeah. would understand. And then like maybe four or five of my chemical engineering friends who showed up just to make fun <laughs> of me. Managed to get tickets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my girlfriend <laughs> and all that stuff. And so as soon as I walk out, it was so unexpected. Everybody just was like the house fell apart. Everybody was like, Oh my God, wow. It was like the coolest wow. thing. And like, because they weren't expecting it and it, it just immediately set up the thing. And, um, it was such a, an amazing energy that went through me, like having the crowd sort of like cheer me on in a way yeah. on stage. And that was like my first taste of it. And then from there, I, um, doing the play, it was wonderful. It was great experience. And then it just, um, I just got the taste in my mouth. So wow. I want, I want to, I want to kind of follow up where yeah. you went from there, but mm -hmm. Now, that's more information than I ever knew oh, okay. when I heard the first, the yeah. secondhand mm -hmm. version of it. In fact, there's a guy named Ridley Parson who yeah, you and yeah. I are friends mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. uh, so I want to credit him for telling me that mm -hmm. there's, a, there's an element to that mm -hmm. that involved something about curtains. Oh, this is a different thing. Um, All right. Oh, so that's the story I had heard, and I oh, wanted to hear what the hanging the blacks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah <that's> a, <laughs> right. So in theater, the curtains that are used to sort of like um, I guess section off different parts of the stage are yes. traditionally called blacks. <laughs> and so one day I'm just sitting there. I'm the only black guy, of course, in the theater room, and like the director's like, "Yeah, we're gonna hang some blacks back there." With a black <laughs> And I'm like, does anybody hear this besides me? And everybody's like, like what? And I'm like, we're going to hang some blacks still in America, ladies and gentlemen, still. You in know New I mean? York. In, in New like York. In New York. Come on. Where are we, Tennessee? But it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that story. Yeah. Um, all right. So so you got uh, involved in this play mm -hmm. and you were obviously studying something vastly different. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, how long did it take you to transition from getting out of one world into the other? Well, I, I ended up graduating uh, Cornell. Um, I was going to get a PhD, but I decided um, I needed to figure things out. And it wasn't like I did the play and then I was like, I'm going to be an actor. It was more like I was going through a, a phase in my life where I was, had to figure out what I was doing. And I felt like I was doing things to sort of make people proud rather than like doing things for myself. And luckily having parents like I have, they were, they were always like, Hey, we, we know what we would like you to do. Or like, mm -hmm. we have suggestions, but we can't live your life. So at the end of the day, you got to figure it out. We will, we will support you. So, um, uh, long story short, I, I, I took a job that I knew would be simple after college that I could sort of explore my life. And mm -hmm. then I said to myself, I wrote a mission statement, sent it to my friends and so forth. And it's funny, I've only recently seen it now, like 20 years later, which is amazing to read something that you wrote 25 years ago. Yeah, especially that kind of age yeah, where like, that, yeah, who knows you, what the heck's know, going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was wow. amazing. Um, and I, one of the things I said was like, anytime I hear myself say, I've always wanted to do X, Y, Z, do it because, you know, I live in this country and there's a whole bunch of opportunity and, you know, this is great. And so one of the things that kept coming back to me was acting. So I finally found myself maybe a few years later in New York City doing consulting for a, um, a software company. And um, I started taking night classes just because I was like, let me just really look at this acting thing. So yeah. I started taking evening classes at the acting studio under James Price. Um, and from there, it just the hook just sank deeper. And uh, after I did maybe about a year and then I started doing theater, then I started writing and then I got an agent manager and things just kept going from there, which was. Wow. Yeah. How, how, uh, <clears throat> sorry. What, what year was it that you uh, kind of really fully said, all right, I'm doing this? Probably 99, 2000, around there. Okay. In that, yeah, 2000, 2001, maybe like around in that. All right. Yeah. Area. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, 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 it's almost a similar timeline that I had because mm -hmm. I was bouncing around before I started acting too. Oh, okay. Um, and then uh, obviously there's that, that time period where you're like, yes, I'm giving this a shot and yeah. I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, did you at some point give yourself like a kind of time frame where you say, well, I'm going to do this for this so long and, yeah. or did you just kind of just do it and not think about it? Yeah, I just, I didn't think about it. I didn't think about it. I, I, I knew what I wanted. Um, and what, it, what helps me is that, um, 
what I have a lot of people in my life that I admire and that have helped me through my life. My, my, my parents, obviously, my family. I'm lucky to have a really great family, extended family and really good friends. And something that always motivates me is when when I tell somebody that I love and respect that I want to do something. It, it puts me out there on notice. Mm. So, for example, Marcus, who I've mentioned, he was one of the people I said, hey, I want to be an actor. And he's like, dude, what? You know what I mean? And so, like, if I've set myself up like that, I don't want Marcus to call me six months later and go, so what about this acting thing? Ah, you know, I just, nah, I'm not That's great. You know what yeah. I mean? And that, like, it really, it's, you know, be accountable to those people. I can relate to that because, yeah. you know, I, I always feel like if I, if I do say something out loud, yeah. that means I've committed to it. But usually when you yeah. say something out loud, it means... Yeah. That's really what you're thinking. Uh -huh, and if it's uh -huh. hard to say it, you're yeah. like, it, it probably means you want it even more. Exactly. Exactly. And the fact that you have people sort of like checks and balances, mm -hmm. that's very cool. Yeah. A lot of people don't have that. Yeah. But you, you seem to thrive on that. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what was the thing that made you think, oh, okay, yeah, this is working. Like mm -hmm. my, my, my dream is one thing, but then it's like, okay, this is, this is going to happen. Yeah. What were the things that kind of made you kind of know you were heading in the right direction? Um, it's kind of things that happened along the way. There was never any point where I was like, okay, cool. I mean, even at this point, there's even just a few months ago, I always, I always, I always say this to myself, look, um, you've come this far, make sure you enjoy the moment mm -hmm. because we, this is life. We don't know what's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? I could get some kind of disease, something could happen, but you know, there's so much stuff that can randomly happen that you have to enjoy what's in front of you right now. So like, I don't, I, I, I would say I, I'm never sure even at this point that this is happening. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's, it's more about enjoying it. I know it maybe sounds hippy dippy, but it's like enjoying the moment in front because that's all I got. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. and I, I, and, and it makes me really, really enjoy it. So back, you know, you and I met at the Manhattan theater source, right? Back in those days, I was having a great time and I had no money, no, I, nothing. And, you know, we're writing plays and doing things. I'm like, this is great. Yeah. You yeah. Know? You were, nice you were immersed paid. in what you wanted yes, to do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the, 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 there's the art and the dream and mm -hmm. the, and the, the thing you want to do to mm -hmm. just have life fulfillment. Right. But there's that side of it that says, I, I kind of want to eat tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at what point did you start to feel uh, that making money at it? Mm -hmm. And I don't want to pound the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. It, 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 and you, there may be no answer to this. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to lead you sure, anywhere. Sure, sure, but sure. I guess the point is, when did you see yourself doing this as a viable career? Oh, okay. I, may, I, I would say maybe a few years ago. Um a combination of things. I remember calling my dad or like I was in Ghana and I was talking to my dad and I had just paid off the rest of my college loans. Mm. You know, I'd like I'm I'm clear, free and clear. And I paid it with acting proceeds. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Dad, I paid my chemical engineering degree off at Cornell <laughs> at Cornell yeah, yeah. with, you know, TV and, you know, movie money or whatever. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, and and I and I guess I had enough of a track to see that. You know, uh, barring anything that could happen, for whatever lucky reason, uh, everything that I did, I, I guess monetarily, kept sort of bumping up. Mm. There's never mm -hmm. been a dip in anything that I've been doing. So, yeah. like, all there, there was a time where I had to have a side job a little bit, and then I didn't have to have a side job, and then I could, like, I could, like, stretch out the checks for a while and not have to work, and now it's like, mm, I'm good. Um, I hope I book something soon, but <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and this last few years I've been like, well, and there's nothing I can go back to. You know, people always are like, you've got a chemical engineering degree. I'm like, yeah, no, I, yeah, I can't go back. To how that. do you explain a 20 year gap? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do any of it, it, you know, so I'm, I'm pretty much screwed. So yeah, I guess, I guess for me, it's, 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 I've only just sort of gotten that feeling mm -hmm. like point of no return yeah, yeah, yeah where it's like you invest yourself so much yeah, in your, yeah. this one career mm -hmm. and you you do that little side job thing yeah. and you kind of stretch it along and, yeah. and 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 give yourself as many opportunities but mm -hmm. you get that point where it's like okay i kind of have to do this for the rest of my life yeah. and make it work yeah. one way or another yeah, yeah. because yeah we're getting to a point where it's like, I mean, like you said, you can't yeah. suddenly just go back and, and your plan B is no longer a plan. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's exciting. Yeah. 
and you've been at it a little bit, you've been in that mode a little bit longer, yeah, but, yeah. but it's, it's, it's gotta feel gratifying. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's wonderful. All right. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about your career because yeah. you have had a mirror I don't know, you know, dictionary terms. Yeah. Myriad to me yeah. seems like the right word. And yeah. I have no idea if, I'm, <laughs> if there's a negative connotation, to yeah, that, but yeah. I mean this in the positive way. Yeah, there yeah. is a, there, you have a, a long list of really cool things that you've yeah. done in yeah. your career. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I did your the little IMDb look just to right. make sure I'm I'm not missing anything. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like, and I could be wrong, that Garden State was the first thing that really put you on the map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Garden State, I would say that. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. It's it's now that you got me thinking about it. Yeah, I realize that there's a lot of stuff that I've done. I'm not saying that from an ego perspective, but like. You said Garden State. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I was in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> people, and it's funny. People remind me of it a lot or people will like recognize me from something that I did years ago. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I, I guess Garden State was probably at that point, like the biggest thing I'd done. And how did um, that come about? Was um, that-, that was an audition. Um, pure. Yeah, pure wow. audition. Um, and again, it was like uh, what I learned you know, you, you're building relationships with especially these casting directors. So mm-hmm. at a point, they're going to be like, yeah, that guy might be good. Bring him in because he's been in this and that. And, uh, well, he's been in my office this many mm-hmm. times and he's always prepared, blah, 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 blah. And so that was, yeah, that was my one of my first sort of big auditions because the callback was with Zach Braff and like, yeah, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And so and then I got the part and it was Awesome. Yeah. That was great. Experience. Do you remember who the casting director was? A.V. Kaufman. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and it's, it's, it's interesting. You mentioned that you get a reputation for having been prepared and, yeah. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, backtracking a little bit, did, 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 did you feel that you kind of had the same process up mm-hmm. to that point or did you kind of have to learn um, new processes about preparing and, and, and what is, what's been your philosophy about that? Well, my, I, yeah, my philosophy, I, I guess the first thing I always think of, um, I had an experience early in the career when, you know, things relatively happened fast for me as far as, you know, I know a lot of people in this business personally who don't have managers and agents who've been like running around trying to find that. Mm-hmm. Um, me, I got it pretty fast out of the gate. I, you know, my manager found me in a theater show and then she got me an agent and boom, boom, boom. And I've had the same people for the last, I don't know, 15 years, something wow. like that. You know what I mean? Um, and so it's happened fast for me. And so I remember when I was green and my um, my manager was sending me in. And this is like the first time I'm going into Fox Studios. I'm going into NBC. I'm going to ABC. This director wants to see me. And, you know, what I didn't realize is that, yes, they want to see me because, you know, there's a viable actor out there and I'm new. But like these are reputations that you have to start to build. Like your rep is big and, you know, I was going in prepared, but the thing that's funny, um, I have a funny story about, um, this situation where, you know, I'm thinking like, okay, this is, this is it. You know, talking about time frame. I've got a manager. I've got a pretty hot agent. Okay. About a year, I get an Emmy and then <laughs> Golden Globe, you know, a couple yeah. years, couple years, Golden Globe. Right? <laughs> and so, um, uh, I, I go into one casting director. I'll never forget the story because I tell this story a lot. Um, uh, Marsha DeBonis, amazing casting director. And it's the first time I meet her. I go in for a pilot. She goes, Great, great, great. And what's your name? Okay, Atuasan. She's like, I think you're a wonderful actor. This is great. You know, I have a friend, um, uh, one of my great friends, Martin Scorsese's um, casting director, Ellen Lewis, um, and he's doing this big movie and they're looking for actors. So I'm going to call her, right? And let her know about you. And I'm like, great, great. And, you know, this is years ago. So I, I walk out and I'm like, here it is. There it is. <laughs> Boom. Just like that. King in the castle. You know what I mean? And so I call my manager. I call my agent. Like, yes, I'm going to be introduced to Ellen Lewis. And they're like, okay, calm down. You know, okay, great. We'll see if we get the call. Great. So, you know, maybe a week goes by and I'm like, has Ellen Lewis called? Has Ellen Lewis? And they're like, Every, calm down. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. a process here that I'm not aware of. So finally, Ellen Lewis's office called. Yeah, they'll see you. And what I didn't know... Um, this is for Gangs of New York when Scorsese okay, sure, was doing yeah, that, yeah. right? And so they hadn't finished the script. The script was still locked. They, they, Of course, they already had Leo and Daniel Day-Lewis and I think Cameron Diaz. Um, so they're looking to fill in the rest of the parts, right? And so what I don't understand is that they, they literally just want me to go in and 
read some of, I think Leo has all these um, monologues at the beginning that mm-hmm. introduce all the gangs. So just go in and read this. Because literally, they, all they want to do is, what do you look like? What do you sound like? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And they're monologues that you can't act. And it's not like Leo is acting in them. He, right. It's literally a voiceover. There's the dead rabbits. There's the plug uglies or whatever. Right. But me, in my sense, I'm like, this is my shot. <laughs> I, I don't know if I go in with a limp, maybe an eye patch, or maybe something. <laughs> and my manager's like, dude, calm down. Like, just go in and read this thing. And I'm like, all nervous. I'm like, you guys don't understand. This is Scorsese. I, you don't understand, right? And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I go in and um, I'm reading this thing, and like, literally, my hands are shaking. And I meet Ellen for the first time. And uh, uh, Jen Houston, who now casts for girls, was her assistant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm reading it and I'm shaking. And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm just reading. And all I had to do was read it. Mm-hmm. That's all I had to do. You know what I mean? No accent necessarily, no anything. And so I'm shaking. Oh my God. And so they're like, okay, thank you very much. Great. And I leave and I'm like, oh my God. I fucked. I screwed it up completely. Oh my, oh my God. Right. So like I'm bummed out and like I you know my my manager calls I'm like I think I screwed that up I'm so sorry I'm apologizing to my manager who works for me do you know right. what I mean yeah like, exactly yeah. that's another yeah. thing I don't understand yet yeah and yeah. so I'm kind of bummed out and then um, I get a callback and I'm like I got I, I got a callback <laughs> and now the callback is at uh, I guess Martin Scorsese has offices down on uh, like Park Avenue somewhere okay right? yeah. And so now, and, and so now they've gotten more of the script released. So now there's a scene that they want me to read, which is literally Daniel Day Lewis's scene. It's oh not, it's not, geez. I'm not going to act in it. Right. I, I, that's not my part. But they want you but to, but they just want to see what give, I can do. Give you it. more, con- you know, cause, yeah. Because sometimes when you go into an audition, mm-hmm. you know, the, the part is like one line. Yeah. Or maybe not. <laughs> exactly. And, and yeah. how, do, how do you judge based on that? So yeah. obviously giving you more to do makes yeah. a lot of sense for yeah. them. And it's yeah. kind of cool to hear that they did that. Yeah. You know? And there's just, an, and really, Literally, they just want to see if I can act. That's mm-hmm. all. That's sure, all. Sure. So take the scene and act it, right? So I'm like, but this is Daniel Day Lewis's scene. Oh my God, do I have to? Do I have to come in in costume and this? And I'm, again, my manager and agent like, you really need to calm down. You're a good actor. Just act. It's two guys talking. Just act. That's it. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. So I go in, and I, as I've said to Ellen Lewis over the years, I might as well taken a shit on your desk. Right? <laughs> And she's like, no, you were fine. But I remember Jen Houston's over here. She's on, on the camera. Ellen Lewis is reading the lines with me and I'm shaking. I'm flop sweating. I'm just like my voice is cracking and I can't like get through it. Right. And I leave and, 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 and it's in like the offices of Martin Scorsese. So there's huge posters of of all of his movies <laughs> all the movies that we've all seen a hundred thousand times yeah it couldn't be more intimidating yeah, yeah you're just like and there's like one other guy in the room and it's like a quiet office wow, it's like man. it's beautiful and i'm like oh my god like, yeah mean streets good fellas all these movies and i'm like oh my god these are the movies i will watch on network TV when they cut out all the curses yeah, and they make yeah. the movie horrible but i'll still watch it you know what i mean and they'll cut the violent parts out or they'll put you know and so I leave the thing and now I'm like, I'm, I'm almost suicidal and I'll never forget. I'm shuffling down Park Avenue, literally shuffling like my life has been destroyed. <laughs> and in my head, I'm thinking Martin Scorsese is going to watch that tape and then he's going to call everybody in Hollywood and say, don't ever work with Otto Asando. He's a terrible actor. You know what I mean? That yeah. All this stuff is going in my mind. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I am literally having a nervous breakdown right now. And so I pick up the phone. I call my, my buddy Marcus and I'm like, Marcus, man, I think... I don't think this acting career is going to work. And this is literally a year and a half into it. You know what I mean? I've only been doing it for a year and a half. Right? And he's like, dude. Oh, man. He's like, dude, what? And I'm like, I tell him the story. I went into Martin Scorsese's office. He Was he there? No, he wasn't even there. They just put me on the page. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, my God. You know, I think I think it's over. I think I think it's over. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's so funny. I don't. It's like you know, it's such a it's such a typical thing yeah, too. Yeah, what we do in our yeah, heads to yeah, be like, yeah. oh, it, it, I've been blackballed. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, it was like, so bad exactly. on that take. Right. No one right. it. Like one of the the, the 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 greatest directors in the world literally has time to pick up the phone and call like Spielberg. Hey, Steven. Hey, I you know I, I just watched this tape with this guy Otto. Uh, you know. He's crap. He's crap. You know what I mean? Hey, Tarantino. Hey, hey little guy. Hey, you know, you know what I mean? He calls up NYU Film School. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. Hey, Spike, uh, you're, you're up and coming. You know what? Is this this is black actor Aquasamba? Just don't. avoid him. Hey. <laughs> Literally, that's all going in my head. I'm like, oh my god. So Marcus goes. So how long were you in that room? And I'm like, I don't know, like eight minutes. And he's like, so eight minutes is your entire life. And I was like. Oh man! And like literally, it just lifted from me. I was like, oh man! That- oh, man. <laughs> some people, know? some people walk around like that yeah. for a month afterwards. For a month. Uh-uh. Yeah, no, you man. gotta boom. Yeah, it was like he it, something clicked, and it was like I get it. Ah, oh, it's great, man. And then what I what I what I got from that was it got from that, and then a couple of other lessons early. Luckily for me, was like this is a long haul. Mm-hmm. Right. And these are about establishing relationships. Yeah. And this is also in what I've come up and I should trans, uh, I should trademark it. I call it professional nonchalance. <laughs> like you have to walk into the room like you've been there before. Yes, absolutely. Act like you've been there before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, stop with this nervous thing and like, dude, what should I do? No, no, no. You're an actor. Yeah. Act. Fucking yeah. act. I think yeah. for me, I think for me, the biggest thing was, was, Splitting the difference there, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I came from I, I came from a uh, uh, well I came from a, ba- a broadcasting background, yeah. but not really. And yeah. and what I really came from was like a comedy improv mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. background where it was like okay, mm-hmm. I can do the I don't care thing right, and right, just right, right. make a joke yeah, and make yeah. the casting director mm-hmm, laugh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when I started doing things that are a little more serious and going mm-hmm. out for TV and film stuff, yeah, yeah. I approached it the same way, yeah, yeah. but I didn't do the preparation. Yeah. So I was okay. kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. I would go into commercial auditions. Yeah. You can wing it. Yeah. 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 And, Cause they don't yeah, give yeah. you the, they don't yeah, give you the yeah. script until mm-hmm. a few minutes before. And then, so I treated all of my auditions mm-hmm. like a commercial audition. Yeah, and it yeah, took yeah. me a long time to realize, yeah. Okay. The professional nonchalance you're yeah, talking yeah. about is mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Um, but you do have to do you have to work. Prepare. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. you came into it kind of already yeah. with that embedded in your head, yeah. which yeah. is yeah. huge. Yeah. I mean, I, and it shows that it helped yeah. you out. Yeah, I think it did. It's so funny that you have yeah. that. And 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 it's not it's you you are definitely not alone in having that mm-hmm. self-conscious feeling yeah. of like this, I suck so bad yeah. <laughs> that they're just going to take me out back and shoot me yeah, exactly. to put me out of my misery. Exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, you, you you talk to any other actor yeah. who has never been uh, even in an audition for a film or TV series, yeah. and they're like, you you were at Martin Scorsese's exactly. office for a callback? Exactly. Like, yeah. you're, you're, you are set. Yeah, yeah. And then the whole yeah. thing about perceptions takes over, where it's exactly. like, if you had any idea how empty my bank account exactly. is. Exactly. They don't pay you for that call. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we're constantly trying to like yeah. ping pong mm-hmm. uh, perception versus reality. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. You know, take into account that people would kill to be in your position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, 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 so yeah. you had that relationship. Obviously yeah. it didn't hurt you. Yeah. No. Cause yeah. we know for a fact, <laughs> yeah. but you were, you were talking about, um, uh, garden state and, mm-hmm. and you said it was a great experience for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, how many days did you shoot that? Uh, it felt like maybe <clears throat> three, four days because it was all I, all my scenes were at her house. Mm-hmm. So it was maybe like three, four days, something like and that. And you spend yeah. you know a decent amount of time. Well, obviously yeah. with Zach Braff, who yeah. directed mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. Um, and then with Natalie Portman, yeah, 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 um, who who has had some credits. She's, she's up and coming. How, how give, did, her, give her a shot. <laughs> <laughs> you know that professional nonchalance. Yeah, thing. yeah. How, how did you feel? Uh, kind of knowing you were going to be working with people who kind of had gotten that far. Yeah, you know that thing um, <clears throat> has never really has never really struck. Even now, I mean, because you start to see that they're all the you know the, the cliches. They're all just regular people. Mm-hmm. Like, like Natalie is is a sweetheart. Yeah, do you know what I mean. She's mm-hmm. a lovely, lovely person. Um, and so it did. I think the professional nonchalance also works that way. Do you know what I mean? I'm I'm working with Martin now and you know, when he gives me direction or he says, Hey, that's terrific. <laughs> I, I'm like, Hey, thanks, Marty. Great, great, great. But inside I'm like I just called Martin you know I mean? Scorsese Marty. Yeah, yeah, yeah I just right, called yeah. him Marty. You know yeah. what I mean? So um again it's it's really about you're you've been there before mm-hmm. and fake it until you actually have been there before but like once you start to have been there before then you have then you get used to it right what right. you do what you're still excited you know when yeah, i see yeah. people but it's like i mean even um i worked on django and uh i've worked with leo 
who's in Django. I've worked with him before and he, we were just talking or like a couple of us were just talking randomly. And he was like, yeah, I was, you know, my mom was driving me to auditions in Southern California and I, I got a TV show here, Lucky here, da, 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 da. Then I got Titanic. That was it. That was it. You know what I mean? And, you know. <laughs> so, since you brought him up, um, yeah. you know, and we're talking about making connections and, mm-hmm. and relationships is what pretty much mm-hmm. our job is. Yeah. Developing relationships and sort of marketing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you worked on uh, Blood Diamond mm-hmm. with Leo DiCaprio. Yeah. I'm not on a first name basis yet. Yeah. I barely feel comfortable <laughs> saying Leo instead of Leonardo. <laughs> so, you worked with him on that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and that was directed by... Uh, Ed Zwick. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, you had that experience working and you worked, I assume, pretty closely with Leo for the time you were there. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, did, and you, had you developed a relationship and a friendship or was it working or... Yeah, it was more professional. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. I think he's a great guy. Both times <clears throat> I've worked with him, he's, he's a lovely dude. Um, um, and I'm not saying that to be political. I mean, he's actually like just a lovely guy. Cool. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it was more like to me, I think the rep- rep- reputation that I built with producers and directors and casting directors along the way is that again I'm an, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pro mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing I'm gonna say what I'm supposed to say when I'm supposed to say it at the time I'm supposed to you know what I mean like mm-hmm. and so they can trust me and they they they're getting a good actor and I think I get more respect from that that's where the connection gets made mm-hmm. rather than like not saying that you're suggesting this at all, but like chumming up Leo or chumming up Natalie or, or, you know, sure, you know sure. I mean? It's more about, I think at the, especially the people at that level. And I've been experiencing it in the current project that I've had. It's not about, you know, making, yeah, maybe you're lucky that, you know, I don't know, Martin Scorsese like old movies. And so you might connect on the old movies that you both like. Okay. But like, it's more about, did you nail this scene? Mm. And once you nail the scene, whether you're friends or not doesn't matter. It's like that guy. Everybody wants to do good work at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. And the best way to do good work is to work with good people. It exactly. makes total sense. Exactly. <clears throat> um, well, the reason I bring it up is because, yeah. like you said, you did end up working with him on Django yeah. Unchained. Mm-hmm. And and I have a bunch of stuff I want to talk to you about that. Mm-hmm. So, um, But having had the relationship with him, mm-hmm. uh, even professionally, yeah. with Blood Diamond, mm-hmm. did... Was there a carryover when you worked with him again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, hey, what's up, dude? And he's like, hey, man. You right, know, right, right. Like, it, was, it, was, it was cool to work with him. Yeah. And you worked with him. I I, I actually watched that uh, the other day. Mm-hmm. And, and the two of you worked uh, the scene together. But were mm-hmm. you working with that whole cast? Were they there? or they were, Everybody was there. Everybody was yeah, there. Yeah. And where was, was it? Where did they shoot that? Uh, New Orleans. New Orleans. Okay. Yeah, so it like was like right in the heart there. of yeah. where yeah. the story's pretty much yeah. set. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And and did you were you able to kind of glean any wisdom? Because I mean, yeah. for me, I, I've I've always wanted to work with Karen, Tarantino. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. that. That he's I think he's a genius. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean Christoph Waltz and mm, and, and yeah. it's mm-hmm. the, he he assembled a great cast for yeah. that movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you pick up stuff uh, from from that? Oh, what, I mean, just experientially or whatever you know. Yeah, I, I, well, I think it's the same thing. Like. Um, Tarantino's one of he's made some of my like favorite movies in the world, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. Um, I've watched Kill Bill, I think, five times at the movie theater. Like I paid oh, fifteen dollars oh, wow. to both watch parts it. or yeah. no, not both parts, but the oh, first yeah, between part, the like, two of them. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> and so I um again, it's when I had the callback with him, and this is out in L.A. Um, yeah, I'm nervous. I'm going to see Tarantino. I think that nerves are a good thing. They're just an energy that you can use. Um, but it's about nailing the thing. Like it's not, it's about nailing the scene and it's and and that only can be done by an actor. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Not by some schnook who's coming in trying to make friends with Tarantino. Right. Right. The guy, the guy has a job to do. He's written in his case, he's written this. He's thought about this. He knows exactly what it wants to look like. He wants to plug in the people that can make that happen. Mm. So for me, it's more about it. Like from a sports perspective, it's about making the shot. Then the coach likes you. If you can two minutes to two seconds on the clock, you hit the shot. Boom. You know what I mean? You don't have to go out to drinks with this guy. This guy's going to call you. You know what I mean? So to me, that's, that's much more important, but the preparation is much more important and, and the confidence that you can go in and, and, and I hate to say nail the scene like I need to nail it, but it's more about 
you can act. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you can take direction. Stepping up when the you moment can, happens. Exactly. Yeah. That's all that. That's what we have to do. And when, and when we're lucky enough to have the opportunity, that's all we're supposed to do. All we're supposed to do is act. Yeah. That's it. Do your job. Do your, do your freaking job. Yeah. That's yeah. it. You know what I mean? And I've seen, in my experience, I've seen a lot of actors who are not doing their job. And they're trying to do other things because they're thinking about fame and they're thinking about other things. Yeah. And they're not thinking about actually acting. And that's a bad thing because the, the top of the game that I've worked with, I don't care who you talk about. Leo, I've worked with Will Smith. I've worked with Natalie Portman. I've worked with all of these people, Jeff Goldblum, I, like a whole ton of people. And people at that level of acting, Meryl Streep, mm. they care about the acting. Mm-hmm promise you yeah they don't care that you have the same favorite color as they do do you know what i mean once meryl looks at you and she says oh he's acting with me we don't have to go to dinner anymore if she invites me to dinner or whatever great right but it's not about that <laughs> you know she'll it's 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 almost like samurais to me like you look in the other guy's eye you go okay mm. he's the real deal yeah. This other guy, he's a schnook. Yeah, whatever. Well, what's interesting is that you, you've you've come so far in your career, mm -hmm. and and you've had amazing experience working with amazing people. Mm -hmm. Um, and 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 you're the kind of guy who can be looked at as somebody who like you can I can see you playing the lead in in a in a series or on a film Ooh. doesn't matter. Uh -huh. Um, but yet you you take that approach, like mm -hmm. you take that like yeah like work a day approach, yeah. and I think yeah. I, I'm so much more impressed when somebody takes that uh, hard work approach mm -hmm. than anybody who looks. Uh, you know, who worries about how they look and, yeah. and, and all that stuff. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah. so much more, uh, important to me mm -hmm. to worry about doing good work mm -hmm. and putting it in and, yeah. and, you know, the rest of the stuff, you know, I mean, cause I'm, I, I maybe to a fault, I'll go home, mm -hmm. you know, and I just, I just get, get me like at the end of the day, I just want to go home yeah, and I'm yeah. not worried about it. And sometimes, mm -hmm. but I'll, I'll play in my own head this yeah. idea that, you know, oh, am I, am I getting out and socializing enough? Yeah. But it's really, and it's yeah. cool to hear from yeah. your perspective mm -hmm. that the, some of the most, Respected actors and directors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's about the work. Yeah, you know, it's, it's that's, that's a good lesson for anybody to hear. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. So so Django Unchained. Mm -hmm. Uh. Spawned kind of one of the funnier things I've heard in a long time, mm -hmm. and I think mm -hmm. I may have actually pointed it out to you. Oh, was that? Yeah, you probably. Well, did. okay. Uh, if if you if you're if you haven't watched Django Unchained and you don't want to know what happens to uh, a Toe's character, you might want to just like. Put your fingers in your ears and go la 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 for a little bit, but and then that's your warning because I'm going to spoil it here. Mm -hmm. Okay, so in the film, your character mm -hmm. dies, mm -hmm. and it's not a pleasant death. <laughs> uh, your character is attacked by Rottweilers, mm -hmm. I think. No, no, uh, yeah. d d dingoes. No, uh, no, like no. Um, something shepherds, oh. Australian shepherds. But they call them something else. It was like, oh, like, oh yeah, oh, I forget what they call them. But anyway, yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're ripped apart by dogs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Somehow. The rumor got out mm -hmm. that your character did not die in that film, mm -hmm. but you died. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. How? Do, yeah. do you have any idea? I don't. Well, so I, I guess you were the one who pointed that out. I did. Out, right? I actually, okay. I, I was. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I forgot about and that. And I didn't start it. I promise. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I know. <laughs> there was somebody who did start it, but... um. He started it, I think, like it was some Tumblr or something like that. And he started as an experiment to see if people would actually believe that Leonardo DiCaprio and Tarantino actually co-signed on. And, and I agree. On a to snuff die. film. Yeah, basically a snuff film. I didn't so know I that. Yeah, yeah. I, I found like some guy just put the meme together. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you when you tweeted me. And I looked at it, like, I remember reading the meme and going, this is so dumb. And then seeing, like, 500 comments going, oh, my God, is he really dead? <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, my God, people. You know what I mean? So but that's awesome. Yeah, it's it you great. and Abe Vigoda. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, right? Abe Vigoda, yeah. You get to be the guy yeah. who was thought dead, yeah. and now you're not. Yeah. It's, it's the closest thing to Jesus anybody could ever get. <laughs> In fact, because I, I wanted to get, you know, I'm, I don't know why I did this. Like an old man, I, yeah. I went, to, I went to Google first, yeah, because I was actually looking for something else. But I, but I put your name in there, yeah, because uh, I wanted to get to IMDb. Why didn't you just go to IMDb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, what am I? What, am I ninety? Yeah. Um, so, 
And one of the things that came up as a suggestion, uh-huh. like fifth down the list, is yeah. a, a toe Asando dead. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I might have to reschedule. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so how does it? How does that? How does it? Well, okay. All all kidding aside, yeah. how does how does that affect you? It it was it was actually funny because what I started doing was pretending to tweet from the afterlife, <laughs> which took off in a way that I didn't even expect. I was like, yeah, and then it got written up on BuzzFeed and all this yeah. other stuff. But like I was just screwing around because I was like, okay, yeah, send beer. I'm in heaven, or like the the Wi-Fi sucks up here, or Jimi Hendrix is here. You know, you like I was doing all this stuff, and people would respond back, and I was like having I was just having a Twitter fun thing, but it just it went sort of viral, not not post pre-viral for about like a good week where then where it almost became my job because I was having so much fun to come back and see what people had tweeted and think about what I could respond back to from the afterlife. It was, it was was a lot of gift really. It was a real gift because, um, yeah, when I, it was, it was just really good publicity. So it was something that talked to when I'm being interviewed, talk about when I'm being interviewed. That's so funny, man. It kills me. And I'm a big fan of like, you know, uh, experiments like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. Andy Kaufman would do an experiment yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. But you happen exactly. to be the guy who got yeah, to do it. That's yeah, awesome. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, all right. We're, 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 I, I don't want to run out of time. And, oh, okay. and there's so many things we could sure, talk sure, about. Sure, 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 sure. Um, but I want to talk about the new <laughs> Uh, the new mm-hmm. project you're involved mm-hmm. because you mentioned Scorsese. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how mm-hmm. much, I don't know how much you can talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Is it, is it cool? I, is I, it... I can talk about it. I can't talk about what happens. I can talk generally in general. All right. So, so tell it. me, yeah. you, it's it's it doesn't have a title. It doesn't have, yeah. What's what's the basic gist? Um, it's basically it's the untitled rock and roll pilot, and it's basically going to be about um, the rock industry um, in the in the early seventies, like seventy one, seventy two, right when classic rock was going a little bit of disco on one mm-hmm. side punk on the other side like that real sort of like connection where it was like really gritty and where is this all gonna go mm. um and it was actually a project um uh, victoria perman one of the um one of the producers told me she's like this is a project that's 16 years old um mick jagger brought it to scorsese as a movie idea and they kicked it around kicked it around kicked it around and then finally Somebody was like, well, let's make it a TV series. And so that's, you know, and so Martin's had uh, Boardwalk Empire, the success mm-hmm. there. So this is going to be his next thing, hopefully, if it goes to series. So, wow. yeah, yeah. Bobby Cannavale is the lead and he plays a, a record executive who is sex, drugs, rock and roll, booze, all this kind of stuff. And it's really fun. And Old I play, school New York. Yeah, yeah. Dirty, old school, gritty. Yeah, it's going to be really lovely, lovely, lovely. And you've been working on it for a while. You know? uh, yeah, I've been shooting it for this past week, but like I've known about it for about Three or four months have been preparing it uh, ever since. To talk about preparing, I've been really, really preparing, which has been really fun. And 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 are you at liberty to say who you are? Or yeah, yeah. My my character's name is Lester, um, and I'm uh, I'm basically who um, Bobby Cannavale's character discovers and catalyzes him to want to become a record executive. Wow. And so I'm this uh, blues singer who he discovers at a club. Um, and then I, I probably can't tell any more of my story or anybody else's story, but like it, uh, the series basically flashes back to the fifties when he discovers me and then flashes forward to the seven or a, a little, a couple, a couple uh, months in the sixties, and then <coughs> flashes forward to the seventies, which would be the present time of the of the show. Wow. Yeah. Um, now I know you've played guitar. In fact, we're sitting in your place, and you've got yeah. sixteen guitars yeah. surrounding us. Yeah. Uh, and when you and I first worked together, yeah. I think you were just sort of kind of learning. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you've come yeah. far. I've come far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you have. are you playing guitar in it? I. It's very interesting. Um, <clears throat> when I was cast, they didn't ask me if I could sing or play the guitar. And I was like, I, I said, hey, I play a little guitar. <laughs> um, and um, I think that uh, they, they had made some changes. But when they introduced the character, when I read it, he he was um, he was written as a Skip James. And Skip James is one of the legends of blues, one of the fathers of the blues. And he sings in this ethereal, beautiful voice and like plays like really just sort of personally like moving guitar. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think they because they hired me for whatever reason um, that I can't really get into. But um, um, they, they figure they're going to have somebody dub my voice and all that stuff, which, mm. they, which they did anyway, which is good. Mm-hmm. And then I said, well, I play the guitar. 
And they were like, oh, we'll just have you sing. And then I and then I what I'm and I'm the reason I'm saying this is because there's a talking about doing the work. Um, I I lobbied them because they didn't know if I could play the guitar. And of course, if I can't really play the guitar in a show about rock and roll, it's going to look bad. It's going to look yeah. bad. Yeah. So I put myself on tape several times playing the song and showing them that I could do it and just making sure and like talking. So what I'm from, a I guess, an acting life um, place, it's good to um, advocate for yourself in certain situations because for me, it wasn't my ego. It's not because I want to play the guitar. It was like, I want the Bobby Cannavale character to really look at somebody who looks like he could be the next Chuck Berry. Mm. And I have to prove to Marty and, and the music directors and so forth that I can do that, which I literally just shot that scene yesterday. And, and that's why I'm so tired, because it went off like gangbusters. Awesome. You know what I mean, I'm really happy about it. But it was... um. And it's literally one of the hardest things I've done in acting huh. to date. I mean, getting eaten by dogs on day, <laughs> nothing. Do that all yeah, day. Yeah, all yeah. day, all day long. But this yeah. was hard. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, when when yeah. uh, when do you wrap that? How long are you be working on it? Uh, I shoot next week a little bit, and then in a couple of weeks. I, I mean, they're they're shooting. There's taking a while to shoot this, so I think the shoot is like a month maybe for yeah. a pilot, and then. I don't know if it, if it gets picked up. Let's knock on wood. Yeah, we'll you know, wood over here. Yep, uh, you and uh, if it gets picked up, it goes to series, and then I don't know when they're going to start it up or and whatever. Who knows? But, but who yeah. Knows, Do but, you have anything yeah. lined up for after that, or are you kind of? I'm just I locked said, in on I this. I want to focus on this. Yeah, Good I'm locked you, in man. on this. Good so anyway, yeah, yeah. Do you like? Um, well, you said you had fun on Twitter, so I assume yeah. that you like you know hearing from people who yeah. are out there. Yeah. What, how do people get in touch with you? Uh, Ato Asando at Twitter. Yeah. Okay, so at Otto. Yeah, yeah, I thought. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. we'll have a link on the site so we'll be able to find that. Hey, thanks, man. This is great. Yeah, this is great. I wish we could could have done 12 more of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And maybe maybe after the series gets picked up, we'll do it again. Not a problem. (laughs) Any day. (laughs) The reports of my death are greatly exaggerated. That is a quote that's often misquoted, attributed to Mark Twain, but I think that really accurately describes my friend Otto Asando, alive, well Despite the rumors and doing amazing, amazing things, I'm really excited for him and, and, and where he's going. You can find him on Twitter, at Ato Asando. Um, and if you want a link to that, you can find it on our website, bringyourownlunch.com. Thank you, Ato, for being with us. Happy birthday. And I, uh, I hope you had as much fun as I did recording that one. That does it for another Bring Your Own Lunch. Don't forget to check us out online, bringyourownlunch.com. You can find us on Facebook and like us there. Uh, And you can also follow us on Twitter at BYOLpodcast.com. And if you enjoy what we're doing, please tell a friend. uh, Subscribe to us on iTunes or on Stitcher. You can uh, rate us. uh, You can can tweet about us. You can tell all your friends. And certainly I will appreciate it. And uh, I think uh, uh, the people who are uh, my guests will appreciate it. I guess that's fair to say. Yeah, let's go with that. Don't forget to check out Banuba.net to find out where Banuba will be and to download some of their music. Uh, go look for the New York Short Film Shootout on Facebook. Like us there. And also uh, check out This Theater, thistheater.com. Uh, it'll have a different name soon, but go to uh, thistheater.com to find out what's going on at that theater, including the New York Short Film Shootout number two. That'll be August 25th at 8 p.m. Thank you for joining us. We hope you'll be here next week while I'll have another great guest. And until then, and for now, and forever will be, this is Dave. I'll see you next Tuesday.